1 Corinthians, let's lift one verse. You might think it a strange verse to lift, but let's lift it and then we'll look at it. Chapter 12, 1 Corinthians 12, verse 7. Paul says, But the manifestation of the Spirit, capital S for the Holy Spirit, but the manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man to profit with all. Let us pray. Father, we thank you for your grace and your mercy, for your kindness and your goodness. I thank you, Father, for your Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, and I thank you, Father, for everything that he has done and accomplished for us. We thank you, Father, for the salvation that we have in him, and we thank you, Father, for your Holy Spirit whom you have left in our breasts and in our hearts. We pray, Father, that you would help us this morning to hear from you and not from man, and that your Son would be glorified in everything. We ask it in Jesus' name and for his glory. Amen. The manifestation of the Spirit, verse 7, but the manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man to profit with all. Notice, every believer has, as it were, a measure of the Spirit, the Holy Spirit. When you get saved, the Holy Spirit will reside in you. He will abide in you when you're saved. And the manifestation of the Spirit is that which manifests out by the Spirit through you, brother, and through you, sister, and through me. The apostle in our reading is telling the Corinthian believers that Uh, who are, if we can call it the mystical body, I don't like the term, but that's what theologians call it. Christ's literal body is risen from the dead and ascended and glorified as the right hand of the majesty on high. And he's our great high priest, the man in the glory, who's interceding and praying for us. We understand that. But the mystical body of Christ means that his spirit is in the body on earth. You and I, the, the church, the ecclesia, the called out ones, we are the body of Christ. We are his hands. We are his feet. Everywhere we go, he goes. And we are his ambassadors. Here's something I want you to see because generally in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, once you mention, oh, I'm going to read from 1 Corinthians 12, and especially when you have a title like the manifestation of the Spirit, all the charismatics and the Pentecostal, whoopie doo, this is great, it's going to be all about the gifts of the Spirit, and we're all going to start speaking in tongues, and we're going to start prophesying, and no, it's not. Because that's all people see sometimes. The cessationists, those who believe that these things have stopped in this day, I don't, but these, those who believe that these have stopped, the cessationists, as they're called, they have ceased. Um, Being a cessationist, they think the Holy Spirit no longer manifests in this manner and fashion in the church. I believe he does. He does. But on the other hand, the the continuists, the the charismatic Pentecostals, uh, they, they would take it to an extreme. Some of them would take it to an extreme where they replace what the Holy Spirit would do and say with their own thinking and their own antics, even if I could call it like that. And it becomes, to, it goes so far to the absolute ridiculous. 
becomes absolutely ridiculous. And it makes fun. It makes a mockery of what the Holy Spirit does do among God's blood-washed people. And so when you were to read from chapter 12, the very first line of verse 1 says, Now concerning spiritual gifts in your King James Bible, I hope you have your King James Bible, but your King James Bible, the word gifts is in italics, meaning it's not there in the original, but the word gifts is fine there. It's doing no violence to the text because it is on down the, the, the chapter. The, the, the idea of spiritual is gifts. And it comes from the word charisma, or the charismatics take it from there. And hence it's word for grace. So in other words, the, the God's grace is in his gifts as well. The gifts are by grace as well. But notice uh, the word gifts is not there. And it would, re- it would really read now concerning spiritual things or spiritual or concerning the spiritual in the church, in the body, among God's people. And hence, the spiritual gifts is fine here. And Paul says, I don't want you to be ignorant, or I don't want you to lack understanding about these things. Unfortunately, with some and many of the uh, the, the, the showboating in some Pentecostals through charismatic churches. And I'm a Pentecostal, you know that. But the showboating, uh, as I would call it, the show for self is it's more about the person rather than about the Christ and the edifying of the church. A lot of it is nothing to do with the spirit, but with to do with perspiration, not inspiration. It's getting it right because... God does all things well. And hence, that part of the body that expresses where the Spirit manifests through may be different than you and the manifestation of God's Spirit through you. It doesn't mean you're any less than the other person, loved less or thought of less. But nevertheless, we're all a part of one body. Notice in verse 12 of the chapter, we're told of many functioning parts and we're likened to our body to this. It says in verse 12, for as the body is one and half many members. Would you say many members? So we are Christ Encounters Tabernacle or CET as we become known as. CET is the local expression here in Guildford. We are the local expression of the body of Christ. There's others then somewhere else and somewhere else and so on. And generally together, I'm speaking of the born-again believer, the blood-washed, the blood-bought, those who are Christ now. not talking about the denomination that people are trusting in and all of that sort of stuff. I'm not talking about the ritual organization. I'm talking about those who have been born of the Spirit. Born again of the Spirit of God are the body of Christ. Paul says for us, the body is one and hath many members of the body, being many, are one body. So also is Christ. And then in verse 14 he says, For the body is not one member but many. And hence we, we see in this, brothers and sisters, this morning that in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, concerning the spiritual And the gifts is there for our English reading and rendering. And of course the gifts are mentioned on down the chapter. Hence it does no violence 
uh, to the, the, the scripture there. But concerning the spiritual things in the church, the spirit must manifest through the body. The life force of the body, the church, the blood wash, the blood bought, the life force of the body is the Holy Spirit himself. Is God himself. For example, in verse 13, for by one spirit we are all baptized into one body. And some take this to mean the baptism is, by, this is water baptism as in the, the sprinkling of a child, of a baby. It's not what it means because they're talking about spiritual matters here. They're talking about not water sprinkling. But notice here what it says, for by one spirit we are all baptized into one body, whether we be Jews or Gentiles, and that would be a good study on that alone one for a few mornings, whether we be bond or free, Notice this, and have been all made to drink into one spirit. And so when we are saved, we have been given the spirit. But here's the thing, brothers and sisters, how much and how deep have you drunk? We're all made to drink in the one spirit. In other words, it's not another spirit. The baptism and the infilling of the spirit is the Holy Spirit. But how Deep have you drunk of the Spirit. And hence he is, the Spirit is uh, the life force of the body of Christ. Without the life force, in other words, without the Holy Spirit, without the Holy Spirit in our lives, in our hearts, without the Holy Spirit moving in us and among us, we become a lifeless body. We become lifeless. God forbid that CET will become lifeless. But again, we as Pentecostals naturally gravitate onto the the verses that speak about the nine spiritual gifts of the Holy Spirit. And that's fine. That's fine. In fact, six or so years ago, I, I, I taught about, I think it's about nine Sunday mornings on the gifts of the Holy Spirit. I taught that series and I took each gift, uh, a, a gift per week about it. It's on, it's on the web, on website, Andrew, isn't it? On YouTube and Facebook and website, you'll find it. And I took each gift and I dissected. And I'm not doing that this morning. This is why I want you to look at something else about the manifestation of the Spirit. And I've done that about six years ago for about nine weeks, and I called it Pentecostal Flame. Pentecostal Flame. It was the gifts in the, of the, on the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Notice this, brothers and sisters. We will gravitate. The Pentecostal looks at this automatically. And I have known the cessationists who believe they are not for today. And I've looked at certain cessationist Bibles. And they've all their marks all over every page. And it comes to 1 Corinthians 12, 13 and 14. There's, some of them, there's not a mark on them because they've just skipped over that. If we don't have the Holy Spirit in the church, in our lives, in our hearts, then the body is dead. 
with no life. And we tend to look at the nine spiritual gifts here. And, and you know, the Holy Spirit is likened at Jesus' baptism as a bodily form, as a dove. You know, and, and we have, as it were, nine flight feathers, if you want, on the Holy Spirit's wing of the gifts. But what about the other wing and the flight feathers on it? Well, you know, God gives us those. God gives us those in the nine fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, and temperance. And some people look at the, the gifts of the Spirit. They go mad about it. Listen, Paul says to seek, and, to seek after the gifts. Why well, am not saying not to? By all means, please seek after them. But Paul says that, you know, we seek after these things, but we, we miss out on the things like love, joy, peace. Long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith or faithfulness it is, meekness and temperance. We're like a bird trying to fly with one wing, some of them. Because, you see, these all do with manifestation of the Spirit through you, through every one of us. And if you want, I might look at that a little later if I have time, but if you want... What happened to my clock? It stopped. <laughs> the spirits left the clock, but look at it. It's a quarter to three. Is that last night or today? In the chapter, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, if, if I can put it this way, the, the gifts aren't, or the, or the fruit of the spirit aren't mentioned, but if we have the fruit of the Spirit, these would be applied. This would be applied. Will you let your eye run down the chapter with me, please? To verse 13. Verse 13. For by one Spirit we are all baptized into one body, whether it be Jews or Gentiles, whether it be bond or free, and have been all made to drink into one Spirit. For the body is not one member, but many. Now listen. Here, if we have the fruit of the Spirit... There's some people and it's all about speaking in tongues and it's you can't have a meeting without them. And if, if you don't have a meeting of people speaking in tongues, guess what happens? Oh, then you've left the Holy Ghost out. No, brothers and sisters. What about looking after the fruit of the Spirit? Some people, it's all about the gifts, the gifts, the gifts, and their hearts are hard and ignorant and, and bitter their hearts are not uh, toward their brethren and their sisters and uh, their mouth is vulgar. And you wonder, how can the Spirit speak through this when the fruit is not here? When the lifestyle's all wrong. Listen, God can use anything. He, he used Balaam's donkey. He spoke out of a cloud, of a pillar of fire, a burning bush. But listen, he allows things to happen for so long, brothers and sisters. He allows it to go on for so long. And then he takes the daily. He takes the daily. Here's the fruit, if you want, 
If the foot shall say, because I am not the hand, I am not of the body, is it therefore not of the body? And if the ear shall say, because I am not of the eye, I am not of the body, is it therefore not of the body? If the whole body were an eye, where were the hearing? If the whole were hearing, where were the smelling? But now God hath set the members, every one of them, in the body as it hath pleased him. And if they were all one member, where were the body? But now they are many members, yet one body. And the eye cannot say unto the hand, I have no need of thee, nor again the head to the feet, I have no need of you. Nay, much more, those members of the body which seem to be more feeble are necessary. And those members of the body which we think to be less honourable, upon those we bestow more abundant honour, and our uncomely parts have more abundant comeliness. For our comely parts have no need But God hath tempered the body together, having given more abundant honour to that part which which lacked. And there should be no schism in the body, but that the members should have the same care. Would you say the same same care? The same care. There's fruit of the Spirit. The same care one for another. And whether one member suffer, all the members suffer with it. Or one member be honoured, all the members rejoice with it. Now ye are the body of Christ and members in particular. When I got that phone call of Rebecca's passing, and forgive me, Michael and Jordan, I don't mean to try and dig things up, but because I know you're dealing with grief. And I, got it, I couldn't get it out of my head. Basically for the rest of the holiday. And um, Alison and I talked about it many, many times, over and over again, and thought about it and tried to understand it. And this came to me about the body parts. That it it is the the, the manifestation of the Spirit. The manifestation of the Holy Spirit is found in the body parts. That's whether someone is shaking a hand at a door out in a car park or cleaning the toilets of the tent or, or 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 just moving stuff for us, or helping us one way or another. We're all part of the one body when we're saved. But I'm talking about the local expression here, and and I thought about the body parts. There's not one of you in here, and you might feel overlooked at times. If I've overlooked you, I apologize. I've never meant to. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Maybe you've felt at times that you've been going through things and none have come to your aid. And if that has happened to you, I'm sorry. I apologize. I mean not, I'm sorry. You're as important and you're as part of this body as the man behind the pulpit. And the man behind the pulpit 
whether it's Pastor Glenn or myself or whatever, whoever. The man behind the pulpit should be the man who comes along with you to labor along with you. When the body is laboring, he labors. He gets involved. When you're meeting, he's meeting. When you're hurting, he's hurting with you. And we should be like that one for another that when we're hurting, we all hurt. Every now and again, I get this wee bit of, I think it's a tennis elbow. I've never played tennis in my life, but I don't know what it is. Maybe stretching too much for the food at the table, I don't know. It's a nerve in my arm that goes down my arm here and round my elbow. And my other arm goes like this and rubs it. You see me sometimes doing that. It's unconscious. I'm doing it unconsciously now. You see me doing that because my arm's sore. Comes and goes. This hand goes to this elbow. If you get something in my eye, I'm doing this. Or, no, if I'm sore, I'm doing that. One part of the body comes to the next. And, and Paul sets out for us here, if you want, in the chapter. He sets out, and he puts it out in other places, but it's known as the hand of God uh, 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 by some theologians. And in verse 28 he says, And God has set some in the church, first the apostles, secondly the prophets, thirdly teachers, and after that miracles, then gifts of healings, helps governments and diversities of tongues. And he's going, are all apostles, are all prophets, are all teachers, are all workers of miracles, have all the gifts of healing, do all speak with tongues, do all interpret? In other words, he says, does everybody do the same thing? How boring is it? Or how dysfunctional would the body be if everyone done the same thing? Sometimes we need to be where people are. And they're hurt. And we hurt with them. Come to where they are. Might not be able to help or alleviate it, but just to know that, you know, what we're, we're thinking about you, we're praying for you, come and do anything for you. That's not just the leadership, that's each other. That's each other. This isn't a condemnation, it's a question. When was the last time you went to someone's house in a bereavement that you didn't even, wasn't part of the family or friend, you just knew them and you're up the door and says, can I do anything for you? Or they were sick. Down the road a bit and you're up their door. I've been our brother and sister in Christ. See, I can't be everywhere but the body of Christ is everywhere. And we're members in particular. Now as to the gifts of the Spirit, by all means we need it done decently and in order. And Paul says we're not all the same. We can't all do the same thing. And he says in verse 31, but covet earnestly the best gifts. And yet I show unto you a more excellent way. What is that, Paul? Chapter 13. Though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels and have not charity, that is, I have not love, and become a sounding brass or a tinkling cymbal. He's saying, you can speak all the tongues you like. You can interpret everything you 
think of that the Lord will give you, or maybe it's sometimes from your own thinking. Paul says you can do all of these spiritual gifts and you can look the part standing in the meeting and shouting it out loud that everyone will see that you've been endued with the spiritual gifts. You can roll about the floors and you can do all of this stuff. I don't believe it's of the Spirit whatsoever, brothers and sisters. It's not of the Spirit. And a man one time dove through the chairs Literally dove through the chairs and says, the spirit threw him. And I said, did he? And I grabbed him and threw him out. That's the truth. I took my guitar off. And I went down and says, get out. Charismaniacs. The Holy Ghost doesn't do that. You know the first thing the Holy Ghost does? He shows you Christ. He shows you Jesus. Brothers and sisters, someone may have a different gift than you, and the Spirit manifests in that gifting through them. But all of us should be manifesting the fruit. We mourn with them that are mourning. Thinking of Teresa, thinking of Doreen today, and of course, Diane and the family. We think of them. Mourn when they mourn. See, when you learn mourning, go through mourning, here's what it does one of two things it either hardens your heart. Or it will soften it for others. And, and, and here in 1 Corinthians 12, the many members of the body are not only for functioning and working and serving Christ, but they're also for serving one another, for loving one another. You see, Romans 8 and verses 8 and 9 says, So then they that are in the flesh cannot please God. Our fleshy religion won't please God. But he says in verse 9, Ye are not in the flesh but in the spirit. And if so be that the spirit of God dwelleth in you. Notice, if the spirit of God dwells in you. Now if any man hath not the spirit of Christ, the Spirit of Christ is the Holy Spirit. It's the Spirit of God. If any man hath not the Spirit of Christ, he is none of his. 1 Corinthians 12, 13 and 14, those chapters are only, if I can put it, secondary. Um, equally as important, don't get me wrong, and equally as inspired, but secondary to the book of Acts, Acts chapter 2, the outpouring of the Holy Spirit in the day of Pentecost, and the Spirit manifested through the preaching of the Word. Where's the Spirit manifest first? The preaching of the Word. See, if you were to go to a place that's all song, music, dance, and singing, and praising. Look, and I, I like to sing and praise. I, I have nothing against that. But see, if you go there and there's no Word, it's imbalanced. It's imbalanced. 
You know, in the Old Testament, we have God for us, our fathers for us. In the Gospels, we have the Son, God with us. And in the epistles here, we have the Holy Spirit, God in us. God in us. The manifestation of the Spirit is the first love Christ. And the thing is, do you love him? Loving him. Talking to the, I'm talking to the Christian, the redeemed now, the blood-washed. I'm talking to the believer. Do you love him? So the Spirit first will cause you to love him. And secondly, the Spirit will cause you to serve him. To serve him. And thirdly, the Spirit will cause you to serve each other. To serve one another. I'll just read these out without you worrying about following. But you see, the difference difference between the Spirit and manifestation and the gifts is they're vocal, they can be heard and seen. But if, if Billy is... Anywhere you're the hand or the eye, Billy or the ear, I don't know which one you are, but whatever you are in the body of Christ, if I'm a hand, I'll go down and my hand will there, there, Billy. <laughs> it will try to help. And that's how the spirits manifest. People don't like because they see it takes effort. It takes effort. Listen, just before I read this out, 1 Corinthians 12 and 3 says, Wherefore I give you to understand that no man speaking by the Spirit of God calleth Jesus accursed or anathema. And anyone could say, well, Jesus is accursed. There, I've said it. Am I, does that mean I don't have the Spirit of God or do I have the Spirit of God? This is what Paul is meaning here. He's saying, if you're filled with the Spirit, because men in Jesus' day, the Jews and the Pharisees were calling him accursed, because cursed is everyone and hangeth on the tree. And Pastor Glenn read round the table that we, you know, we are being freed or set free from the, the curse of the law. Not from the law, but from the curse of it. And Paul is saying here, if you have the Holy Spirit, you can't with all integrity of heart say, well, Jesus is a curse because he died on the cross. You can't say that. The Spirit won't let you. How many of you, before you were saved, you had a mouth like a, like a sewer pipe? You swore like a sailor's parrot. Me. Mouth full of anger and violence. Me. Cursing, swearing, and blaspheming the Lord. Me. I did. To my shame. Yeah, I did. Because I hadn't got the Spirit of God. But the manifestation of the Spirit is this, that he changed my life. He changed my mouth. He changed my heart and my thinking. And I walk in the ways of the Spirit then according to the Word. But 
he changes your heart where the fruit of the Spirit is. You don't have an angry spirit. Look, we can all lose the head. Every one of us can. Every one of us loses the battles, we would say, wouldn't we? He's lost the battle. Lost the head. We can all lose our temper. We can all. This means walking continuously. You've just got an angry spirit about you. And yet you would say, you can't manifest the spirit of God and the spirit of God in you and you manifest an angry spirit all the time. You can't manifest a spirit of aggression all the time and bitterness all the time and gossip all the time. You can't do it. You know why? Because he lives in you. And he changes you. And our hearts, brothers and sisters, our hearts are new, made new in him. But look at this, if you will. Wherefore I give, give to you understand, give you to understand that no man speaking by the Spirit of God calleth Jesus accursed, and that no man can say that Jesus is the Lord, the definite article, the Lord, not just Lord, but the Lord. No man can say that Jesus is the Lord by the Holy Ghost, but by the Holy Ghost. In other words, if the Holy Ghost is in you, you can't say He's accursed. The Holy Ghost won't let you. The Holy Ghost won't let you. When you're in your work or your university or school or your college or wherever you are, brothers and sisters, the Holy Ghost won't let you act like that if he's in you. At the same time, you can't say Jesus Christ is the Lord. Oh, again, we can flippantly say it, but it means the Lord of my life, the Lord of my heart, the Lord of me and all that I am. He says, but by the Holy Spirit. So if you are subservient, if you are given over, if you have yielded yourself to the Holy Spirit, to Almighty God, if you're saved and you're serving, if you're going on with him, if you love the Lord Jesus Christ, then what Paul is telling us is you can only do that by the Holy Spirit. You can only do that by the Holy Ghost. So let me ask you a question I asked you earlier. Since we're all, as it were, brought into the body, baptized by one spirit, how deep have you drank? Because since he's in you, then he can manifest through you. Manifestation of the spirit it's given to all before. Well, Paul tells us for profit, P-R-O-F-I-T, for profit, to build you up in the faith, to profit that other person you're reaching, to profit the one that's hurting, to profit the one that's in need, but to profit in the spiritual gifting, to profit the body of Christ. You know what it tells me? That Jesus is alive. The pattern here, because we're told that Jesus has entered into the heavens, and, and Paul gives us this analogy, is that when the high priest went into the, the, the Holy of Holies to uh, bring a sacrifice of blood, uh, but once a year, and then behind that great veil which was torn when Jesus was crucified, uh, they listened because around his garments was a bell and a pomegranate and a bell and a pomegranate and a bell and a pomegranate, the whole way around his garments. 
And you see, when he moved about ministering in the tabernacle, it was just a small room. The bells and the pomegranates hit each other and they made a sound. They made a sound. And there was a rope. Some say it was tied around the waist, others say it was tied around the ankle. Nevertheless, there was a rope around him in case he died because uh, those around him were not allowed to go into the Holy of Holies. So what did they do? The high priest died in there. They pulled him out with a rope. That's what they've done. The high priest of Israel, our great high priest, the Lord Jesus is passed into the heavens. He's the man in the glory. He's interceding for us. But how do we know in the year 2023 that Jesus is alive? How do we know? Because of the sound of the bell and the pomegranates. What do you mean by that, Pastor? Well, you have the bell is the gifts of the Spirit and the pomegranate is the fruit of the Spirit. And when it's sounding in the church, we say, well, this body is alive. This body is alive. Because our great high priest is still alive. Brothers and sisters, Jesus is alive. He's alive. It's about time the church realized it, isn't it? He's alive. So, Pentecostals and Charismatics tend to look from at the gifts rather than looking for the fruit as well. Or some will be all gift, gift, gift. Uh, sign, wonder, miracle, looking, chasing after it, but rather than loving Christ and serving their brothers and sisters in need. That's the manifestation of the Spirit. Do you see the man or the woman who loved the Lord and are coming to your door? Listen, see if a couple of years ago when a lot of us were sick, I was sick. See by the time I was able to make it down the stairs two weeks later, our hallway was lined with food. I said, Lord, you're, you're great. This is Our hallway was lined with food. That's one part of the body coming to the next part of the body. We mourn with those who are mourning and we rejoice with those who are rejoicing. If you see a brother or sister and they're rejoicing, you know, someone says, now, you know, oh, we're in a meeting and somebody gets saved. You know, the Christians now go, oh, great. Oh, sure. Isn't it great? Oh, sure, there you are. Somebody gets saved. That's powerful, that, isn't it? You know what the angels of heaven are doing? Praise our Father in heaven! For Christ hath redeemed the lost that were going to hell. Praise the Lord and they're worshipping him. And they can't even be redeemed. Might be full of the Spirit. The Spirit. They got saved. Somebody got gloriously saved. We should be standing on our head and spitting nickels that a soul has been redeemed, that a soul has been rescued. We should be up. We should be. Look, look I, I'm not averse to it. We better, you know, praise the Lord. We better dance. I'm all right with that. David danced with all his might before the Lord. The prodigal son came back. He comes walking up, and the father runs to meet him. It says there was music and dancing. Jesus said this now. There was music and dancing in the Father's house. 
Praise the Lord. Make you want to kick your shoes off, wouldn't it? Oh, the time. It's only quarter to three. <laughs> Somebody set the alarm on me, did they? <laughs> who's got the time? Who's got the timer going? <laughs> I, I I didn't know whether I would tell you this or not. Um don't worry, tell us or not, because it seems strange. Something happened to me, and it's a bit out there, but it shook me. Um, I've been looking forward to coming back to you. In fact, Alison and I talked about it, and once we got a week over, we thought, I wish we were just come back to get into the meetings, to get to the church and among the people. I says, I know. And usually, we, I remember when I came out from pastor in Dublin, I had nowhere to go, and I, I had a, I had, I'd sold a wee bit of property, and we went to Tenerife for a month, and we'd done it no problem. No church there, you see. <laughs> or here, when we were there. Um, so I was looking forward to coming, and I've written two messages this week from coming home for today, this morning and this evening. This is going to be strange to some of you, but it shook me anyway. Yesterday, I couldn't get my head straight. Sat writing most of the day. Took a dog for a walk. Seen while they got up the road. and I just finished writing. And I got home. Not much to do the rest of the night. And look, I've bit my nails, every nail to the quick. And Alison says... What is wrong with you? I just don't know. Spirit was really grieved and upside down. And I said, I don't know. I really don't know. So last night we go to bed and I actually fell asleep pretty quickly, which I don't usually do. And I woke up, I don't know, many times during the night, really troubled, really, really troubled. So I had this series of dreams. Like, it was like short dreams, but they all seemed to fit into each other. Acts chapter 2, the pouring out of spirit. You know, Peter says, uh, taken from the book of Joel, that your old men shall see dream dreams. <laughs> I must be old now, you know. <laughs> And young men will see visions, the old men will dream dreams and go, oh dear, you know, the Spirit will be poured out upon your handmaidens and so on. So the Spirit was for men and women and the dreams were for the old boys. So I had these dreams. So, so real. It's like Paul says, whether in this body or not, I don't know. He couldn't tell. That's how vivid they were. It was all day yesterday. And just, I just said, I don't know. I went to I dreamt that I went into this room and there was a, it was like a uniform laying on this, it was like a couch thing. And a voice said to me, that's your uniform, put it on you. I went, really? Okay. Put this uniform on and it looked like 
uh, a metropolitan police uniform from England, uh, and there's your there's your there's your helmet or your hat. I was put it on. You know those ones that go up like this that they were in England, the big tall ones. It was like one of those. I put it on. It wouldn't fit me. And I thought I look ridiculous in this. I wouldn't wear it. So I go out. And we in CET had a, a, a large building for a church. And there weren't too many in the foyer part of it, if you want to call it that. And I went out and I started in my dream running down these streets and I went to a farm. And there was a woman with children. And I says, don't forget the meeting. We're busy at the farm. We're busy at the farm. He says, you're not coming. Yes, we're coming now, but we're busy at the farm. As soon as we're finished, we'll come. And I went down this town and stopped at the shop and I seen a man. And listen, in my dream, I seen the faces and knew them. And I says, don't forget about the meeting. Don't forget about the meeting. And he says, yeah, 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 yeah. Come and I, I'm busy with work. I said, well, it's starting soon. I didn't know how it was starting soon, but I knew it was starting soon. And I'd done this through my dream. There's different people. Don't forget, don't forget. Where are you going? Everyone was too busy, caught up with other things. And I remember running back to where I was supposed to be going. I entered into this large building. And when I got in, and I walked into a room, and there was a man from this church there with someone else in this room. I'll tell you who it was. It was Gary Alcorn. You're haunting me in my dreams, boy. <laughs> and Gary says to me, where were you? He says, trying to get everybody in. He says, what's that, your word? He says, that's my uniform. He says, who told you? I just don't know. <laughs> that's the way it was going. I had this helmet in my hand. Don't know where it came from, there it was. He says, why, why aren't you wearing that? I says, it won't fit. It just doesn't fit. And then he says, well, neither does your uniform. It was all over the place. What's going on here? I was like a policeman in this uniform, but it didn't fit. The next thing, the woman from the farm, they walked in with these children. And the family walked in. They had been to the meeting and I'd missed it. I'd been that busy running around to the place. I jumped up in my sleep going, what am I thinking of? So I go back to sleep, and lo and behold, I'm dying in the same building again. And I walked out into the foyer, and it was packed, you see. And this voice says to me, look where they're going, son. And I had my policeman's uniform on. Look where they're going. And I'm looking, I can see doorways, and they're all queued up. Hundreds of them queued up. And here's the door into the Sanctuary, if you want to call it, to worship the Lord. I said, we're going this way. It's here. And he says, I won't hear you. They're all too busy. They're all too busy. I don't know who I was talking to. And I says, well, how am I going to turn them? How, how can I get them to listen and to, to, to come to the sanctuary? How do I do this to worship you? I didn't know who I was talking to. I just knew this voice was guiding me. 
And I had this helmet in my hand again. And I'm looking and I'm going, what is going on here? This doesn't even fit me. And this voice says to me, I did not call you to be a policeman. The police where everybody's going. I've called you to be a preacher. To tell them where they're going wrong. I woke up. I go, this is sweat washing off me. Fell asleep again last night. I have my policeman's uniform on. And I'm walking around and I'm shouting to people, you're going wrong. And Now this was a rebuke to me. This hand touched me. I was walking by this man. I didn't know who it was. Hand put on my shoulder and turned me around and there was Pastor McConnell. He looked like he was in his 40s, full of health and strength. He was glowing. Looked like the anointing was shining on him. And he said, and he used to always say to me, All right, son. <laughs> and I heard was, All right, son. And I turned around, he had he wasn't the old man before he died, he wasn't wasted away before he passed away. And uh, my last vision was the night he died, I went to see him, and that's the last time I said he wasn't like that. He was full of health. He was full of vitality. He, he had like a new body. He was, I looked like that. And he says to me, all right, Sunday Tarini, I went, oh, Bishop. You know, no way, we, we called him the Bishop. It was only a nickname. Bishop. He says, what are you doing? What are you doing? I said, Bishop, I'm trying. I'm trying to get this work built. I'm trying. I'm doing this. And he says, listen, what are you preaching on in the morning? Couldn't remember. I said, I don't know. I don't know. He says, You don't know what you're preaching on in the morning? I says, No, I don't, Bishop, I don't. And in the dream, he got down, they got me, looked at me, because I went, I don't know. He looked at me like this. He says, I could tell you what I'd be preaching. And I looked up, I says, What's that, Bishop? Will you come and preach it for me? Because I don't know what to preach. He says, No, I won't. He says, I'm going to tell you one thing, son. God has not called you to be the policeman, but a preacher. Now go and preach it. I woke up. I couldn't settle. Couldn't even, couldn't even eat my breakfast this morning. <laughs> Took a cup of tea and it tasted rotten to me. Couldn't, just couldn't, I just couldn't settle. And the only thing I can say is I don't know whether this was awake or asleep. But in, in the book of Hebrews chapter, I'm trying to think of it now. Chapter 12, I think it is. It's about the Lord chastising his people. And just before I woke up, I think it was before I woke up. And I told Alison this morning before I left, I didn't tell her when I got up, didn't tell her during the night. It just troubled me. I sat in the living room and praying and thinking about it, really troubled. 
the words that came to me were, I have been speaking to many of my people. I have called them to come before me. And they have not. I'm about to chastise them to the point where they will not like this. Encourage them through it. If God's called you, God's been speaking to you and you've been messing about, you've been here, there and everywhere, you've been dipping your toes into something else, I don't know what it is, I wasn't told that, I'm not privy to that. But God has been calling you and God has told you your faithfulness is lacking. This was a rebuke to me because I have a personal thing in this I've just left out. Basically to do with I've been spinning so many plates with so many things trying to do other ministries to keep them afloat, to help push them along. The Lord says, enough. I've called you to preach. Maybe the Lord's been speaking to your heart and calling you. Come before me, get it right. Come before me, bow the knee. Lord's been calling you. You've been running here and there. I wasn't going to do this. This isn't in the notes. I, I, I was. I told Alison leaving the door. She says, "Well, maybe the people need to hear that." I says, "Well, I don't want to tell it." Brothers and sisters, if the Lord chastises you, me. If the Lord takes the chastisement, it's better you get it right first than he comes in chastisement. The gifting of the Spirit. Who knows what God has for you? And you're not in the place. You're, You're not in the place with him. Who knows what the Lord has for you? And you're not in that place with him. I'm not talking about people who can't be physically somewhere. I'm talking about spiritually in the place with him. Look, if you're in the place with him, then the manifestation of the Spirit starts in you. So may God bless you this morning. Here's the thing. You might say, well, start it off encouraging. Start it off encouraging. You know what, brothers and sisters, when I heard things like this coming under Pastor McConnell's ministry, I can tell you this. When I heard these things, when I was going home, I was rejoicing in them. Made have stuck a knife right through me. I might have not liked what I heard, but I knew if it was speaking to me, God was speaking to me. And that's okay, Lord. As long as it's you. Tell me to come up, please.